Hello and welcome to the Rev Up Show. Give me an R, give me an F, give me a P. Yep, today it's all about RFPs and more importantly, why RFPs for CRMs fail. Like always, there's lots of great insight from Doug and Jess. So let's keep it short and get ready to Rev Ups. Jess, I just want you to know that the quality of the recording is better than it appears. <laughs> you, this is like, I know it's not two weeks in a row, but it's twice in three weeks that you've thrown me off with how you started. I, I, I hit start and that thing came up that says, I'm like, is that like the it's items like the mirror. in the window are closer than they appear? <laughs> okay, that, that's kind of scary that we both went to the to the side mirror in the car. <laughs> Do you know what the sad thing is, Jess? What? It won't be that long where that will date you. Uh, I'm aware. I'm aware. I I got dated many times this week. I, I referenced Joe Friday and people yeah, were like, Yeah, you did reference huh? Joe Friday. Yeah. Tom Hanks played Joe Friday. That's right. I forgot about that. Dun, 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 dun. Meanwhile, people are Googling Joe Friday. They should. <laughs> Just the facts, man. That's not wrong show. What? <laughs> I said wrong show. No, I know that, but I I just did drag it. Dun dun okay. So I felt like. So now we're going give, to Law and Order. I feel like I got to give credit to Law and Order. I don't know why. I don't know why. Here's what I'm thinking, Jess. Clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose. It's a little late. We got to work on your time. Almost. We do. We do. As a, as, as a Texan, I'm disappointed in myself. Yeah, I made a Texan reference, and I got rolling eyes a few minutes ago. You you did. You did. You know, I, um, I, don't, I don't know that I've ever told you that. that the book that that show is based off of um, is Salina. Friday Night Lights, for anyone that's Texas. wondering. And I grew up in the, in the town right next to it. Or I went to high school. Didn't grow up. I went to high school in the town right next to it. McKinney. Fun fact. Did uh, did you live in a yellow submarine? I did not. Did not live in a yellow submarine. You're wondering how does that connect, don't you? I very much am trying to town, figure it out in my head. That I was born. Where I was born. Lived a man who sailed the seas. And everyone, this is what I'm dealing with on a daily basis. Just so you all can fully, fully sympathize. Sympathize. I. <laughs> We're we're hiring. They this probably excites them. Where where else do you get an opportunity that that in multiple conversations a day, what someone says music lyrics are referenced. What? And then you have to decode what is the song lyric and how is it connected to what I just said. Keeping us on our toes twenty four seven. It's like living an episode of whose line is it anyway? It really is. That's an accurate descriptor of working here. It's like living in an episode of Blue Line is it anyway. It's accurate. So what are we talking about today, Jess? I think we're talking about one of my favorite, favorite, favorite subjects, actually. I think you're I think you picked this topic just to trigger me. Because I used to have Ooh. to work on these frequently in my in my past life. <laughs> in my pre-lift, pre-imagined life time. Um Can you even remember that? It both feels like yesterday and a hundred years ago. Well, I guess you can because it's like 
from dark to light. You're going to remember that. It, it is. It is. <laughs> we are going to talk about RFPs today and why RFPs for CRMs fail. Always fail. Yes, they always fail. Always fail. Um, as a matter of fact, the best that they fail mm -hmm. is when they make it too complicated and you end up not making a decision. Oh, wow. It's a bold statement. Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, and I think that, I mean, so RFPs in general suck. RFPs so I, suck. I, I remember us okay. having this conversation because we, I worked, I worked and, with you and we talked about that. You know, so, so you've always heard me talk about RFPs from the sales perspective. Like if you go back to those days, I was, you know, RFPs yeah. suck from a, but, but RFPs suck. And I'm today, I'm talking about it from, from the customer perspective. Um, and, and as I've thought about it, while there are a lot of things that are not designed for RFPs, CRM um, is probably the worst. There's probably nothing worse to put through an RFP or, or RFP-like process than CRM. Why is that? Because it always fails. <laughs> See, I like to keep things That's simple. great. Wait, wait. Perfect. See, you know... <laughs> I give a full explanation and you tell me that's a lot of words. I do. I, I make it very simple, straightforward. And it's like, um, you know, here's why I think, I think it's for two reasons. It looks natural. It makes sense. And it's so bad. It, cause see, cause you think you're buying a product, right? But you're not buying a product. You know, you know, here's an interesting thing. I've never seen an RFP for, um, a position someone's hiring for. Why don't they do that? Why aren't there RFPs for jobs? Because no one would go through all the work of, <laughs> of completing one. <laughs> okay, hold on a second, Jess. You've sat through a SIDS interview before. I have sat through a SIDS interview. <laughs> that was my hesitation. <laughs> um, no, no, I mean, wh why don't you put on a, you know, I'm, we're hiring a CMO. It's going to be, a, we're paying them, $350,000, base salary. They've got a 50% um, bonus pool plus long-term benefit and uh, and stock. I don't know. That's worth filling out an RFP. But yeah. why, don't they, why don't they put out RFPs for that? You want to know why? Because it's stupid. You wouldn't do it because you can't RFP yeah. a CMO. Well, and, I mean, you and, could, and by the way, but it wouldn't be a good idea. <laughs> well, how do you RFP a CMO to... You're, you're, you're hiring a CMO because you need something new to happen tomorrow. You need something different to happen tomorrow. Right. So, yeah. So how do you RFP that? How do you, how do you spreadsheet that? You, you can't. can't. Yeah. Right? So, so let's, let, let, let's talk about RFPs in general. Then let's talk about how it ends up being applied to CRM. And, and I want to be clear here that like what I am talking about, I mean, if you're doing an RFP, but this is how I know. I mean, here, here is a proof point that RFPs are radically not designed for what they're used for. And, and that is, I ask anyone listening that's involved or thinking about an RFP, when is the last time you've RFP'd for something like a CRM or tech or whatever, that your RFP schedule has been met? Yeah. Right? And, not, and, and here's yeah. what people say. They go, well, I'm sorry. I said, let, let, let's talk about what, what is an RFP yeah. designed for? Here's the first thing to understand. An RFP, the purpose of an RFP is not to enable you to make the best decision 
That is not why RFPs exist. Okay. So why do they exist? To make sure you don't make a bad decision. To reduce the likelihood of a bad decision. What? Where did RFPs come from? RFPs are, and 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 they're they were they originated for, and they they're used today, and they should be used today when you're buying commoditized products. There is a clear specification. Yep. The specification is all that matters. So I am buying salt. Yeah. I am buying. We 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 need a chemical compound that meets these criteria. It is only the thing that matters. By the way, you know what? If you're buying a telephony system, I could see, I could see where an RFP may make sense. Right. If if you are, you know, if 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 there is no change component mm-hmm. to that, right? So so it is for comparing things that are the same yep to def- defining to a specific objective numerical outcome that is based on past that is based on past that's based on past experience based on past performance okay right so so okay. like you know USDA I'm I'm buying chicken mm-hmm. there there are RFPs like that that's what it's designed for now the thing is the moment you get to any kind of variance RFPs are no longer effective. Yeah. And and all they are able to do is enable you to make to to avoid making the worst decision. Mm-hmm. So, how does that get how does that manifest itself when we're talking about CRM type purchases or analyses? Yep. And and so this is where I want to be clear. Whether or not you are doing officially an RFP. And I was just on a call earlier this week where they're not doing an RFP. Mhm. They did a first, they, they, they looked at demos. So they did a first round of demos. And then from that, they've now put together, I think it's 317 lines of technical requirements. Okay. So, so the way the RFP approach gets, you know, manifests itself is the lead tool in how you're thinking about things, how you're analyzing, how you're asking people to present, et cetera, is a list of technical requirements. Yep. Now, what's wrong with technical requirements? They don't take into account heuristics or the people. They don't take into account heuristics, the people. Um, mm-hmm. How do you RFP UI? <laughs> I wouldn't even know how to start. <laughs> yeah. By yeah. the way, Here's the thing about UI. Some people like it. Yeah. Some people don't. Yeah. There's no such thing as a universal UI that everybody loves. There's not. <laughs> By the way, here's the other thing that's really interesting on this too. Most people hate the text prompt that dominates the human computer interface. They hate it. Mm-hmm. Right. The Google search box. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah. you know, it's amazing how that, that's still dominant. So let, let, let's look at history. Alexa comes out mm-hmm. and everyone falls in love with it. I can query my box. <laughs> I can query my box. I can ask a question. I, I understand that I've never heard it described in that way before. <laughs> right. But I can ask a question. Yeah. I don't have to yeah, type yeah. it into... And, right. and, and it answers back. Yep. 
Except it doesn't work. I know, I know. Actually, my my seven year old yells at her Alexa consistently. But by the way, <laughs> I don't just mean that it doesn't work. I mean it's not adopted. Yeah. Yeah. It's not adopted. And and so, and I actually read an article about this a uh, couple months ago. What is the recent and, and, and some people make 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 the the legitimate argument the most successful tech product introduction, certainly in the last decade. And some people make the argument by the numbers, it's the it's the most successful in the history of technology. You talk chat about GPT decade. Oh, chat GPT. Okay, that's not where I was going to go, but okay, decade through me. One hundred million, one hundred million users. I think it was in eleven days. Okay. Have you have you used Chat GPT at all? I've played with it. I don't know that I would say used it, but yeah. <laughs> were you were you blown away by the UI? No. By the way, what what what's the interface? How do you interface with Chat GPT? A query box. Yeah, you it's a text I was query. Say just like everything else. Yeah. A text query. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I show you, you show somebody an email. It has no images. They like, go, oh no, that email. Um, show somebody an email with no images. So show someone an email with images. They're gonna, oh my god, the e- email with images is much better. Except yeah. the data shows yeah. that that from a. Uh, Activation standpoint, every additional images reduces activation by a statistically significant amount, right? So, so you have yeah. these things that that you're 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 in essence RFPing things that are not objective; they are inherently subjective. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so here's the problem with technical requirements. The first problem is it violates the prime directive. Yeah, it does yeah, because the technology is now leading. And I don't care what anyone says. I mean, and I, by the way, every, oh no, 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 no. It's the no. We're 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 looking for the business rule. Well, really? Well, the business result isn't actually defined here. The business outcome. Right. Oh, no, no. Oh, well, no, we need we need 500 people to adopt it. <laughs> okay. Well, there's no adoption requirements here. Right. By the way, how would you do adoption requirements? You couldn't. You can't. Yeah. Right. You're making a judgment because, by the way, if you have an adoption problem, so you want an adoption, so you want more adoption. And I don't know anyone that has ever said adoption is really important <laughs> that is not currently having an adoption problem. Right. Right. So what you're asking for is a change. Right. Well, well, that's not a column of yes, no's or numbers. Yep. Right? Um, you could theoretically ask for adoption metrics, but that's a bullshit ask because you have no way to verify anything. And what does adoption mean? My, my favorite measurement of adoption is the the client that we worked with a while back whose whose measurement was logs into the system at least one time per month. Now I'm sorry where I come from that's not adoption. And and I would say further outside of that, adoption isn't really what the objective should be. It should be utilization. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk more on that later. But do you know who spends a tremendous amount of money on technology? Who? The government. Okay. The US government. Spends a tremendous amount of money on technology. Yep. And by the way, in fairness to the people that work in government, you got a lot of smart people that work in government, especially yeah. in, in, in the technology area. Yep. And and you got a lot of smart people who put together the technical requirements and the RFPs. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. When's the last time the government rolled out a piece of technology that was worth anything? Why? Why does government technology suck? Because they use RFPs. Well, okay, but 
but more than that, here's why. Because in in most cases, by the way, there was um there there have been some like the VA rolled out something where where it was successful. Mm-hmm. But it took the project manager to go through a process so that the regulations would be waived so that they could manage the process effectively. Because you've got a group of people that have to that define the requirements, who turn it over to a group of people who review, right? Yep. You've separated the people who need to use it and get the results from the people who are deciding. Yep. CRM RFPs, anybody? <sighs> um and the business requirements, like you're actually not even allowed in most cases to to comment on the business requirements. Like you can't even say, right? well, you might not want to do this. Yep. So what ends up happening is they end up specking out a lot of, sp- a lot of stone boats and they put it out to bid. I can build a great stone boat. Mm-hmm. It's going to sink. Yep. Right. So, so. What we're doing is we're separating the business specs from the technology specs mm-hmm. and further. And, th- and this is why buying technology is hard because what you're looking for when you're buying technology in any, any central piece of technology, any, any technology that, that that's part of a change management element. And, and as a reminder, if you change CRM, you are changing behavior. Yep. Is all of the things that really matter are at best intangible and are most likely invisible. They're not, and, and they're, they're highly, highly subjective. Yep. So, so it takes a very disciplined process to, to judge on what's important. It's so easy to fall into technical requirement, technical requirement. And by the way, part of the problem is that, that you're defining requirements in a situation that you have zero experience with. Yeah. Because, because here's my question to you, Jess, you're, you're, you're pretty good with databases, right? Yep. You're, you're even a queen of databases. (laughs) You're a guru, a ninja, a rock star. Do I need to add money? Doug's just trying to make me, Doug's just trying to make me. No, I was just trying to get, I was just trying to run up my, my tab for the swear jar. I was trying to find (laughs) a lot of, a lot of our digital swear words. Um, what is your experience with next week? With NetSuite? No, with next week. Next week. What do you mean? What experience do you have with next week? Zero. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you RFP that? That's why no, change no, no idea. Is hard, <laughs> right? And and so with the greatest intent. Yep. If the if the first meaningful thing that goes on paper are tech requirements, you you are now anchored on tech requirements. You, you, you might think you're looking at business process requirements, but you're not because you can't see the business process requirements through the tech, right? So first off, you've broken out your, the, the business process from, from the tech requirements. The next problem is you're now breaking each tech requirement into an individual thing, right? Yep. Look, technology with behavior is, is the epitome of the whole needs to be far, far greater and different than the sum of its parts. Yep. Right. The problem with implementing technology, and especially when you go to CRM, is you can't just check boxes. And and, and by the way, it's not just checking boxes because you can't just check boxes with high quality work. I can no. check every box off with high quality work 
and have abject failure in shelfware. Yep. Right. It's a piece of shit product. The end result is a piece of shit, but it wasn't done by piece of shit people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it's little bits and pieces that drift us further and further off. And so what's happening is utilizing CRM to drive business mm-hmm. results, to, to yep. enable and accelerate motion is a complex system, which means everything affects everything. And by the way, you don't necessarily want optimum everything. And here's how I'll explain that. Show me the last team that was put together in sport that was truly a team sport that had the best players in every position that want that, that won anything on a consistent basis. The closest would be the Miami heat when they had Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosch and LeBron James in his, I, I was, I was, I was going to say bulls, but, but yeah, sure. Well, the bulls, <laughs> but the bulls only had two, the bulls only had two of the best. And, and, and by the way, yeah. What did the bulls do? When Michael Jordan wasn't there. Not a lot. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. What did Scottie Pippen do when Scottie Pippen was the guy? He wasn't as good. Right? He wasn't and, as and, good. And so what yeah. you look at, and, and, and here's the interesting thing, right? Phil Phil Jackson played the triangle offense, which was which was a very team-based, movement-based, right? Yep. What did Dennis Rodman do? Now, now Scottie, Pippen legit, Scottie Pippen legitimately was great, right? Yeah, legitimately he was. great. Yep. Dennis Rodman, what did he do anywhere other than the Bulls? Oh, he's ball hog. <laughs> he played one role extraordinarily well. Yeah. What did yeah. John Paxson do anywhere? He was a mediocre player, right? All those yeah. things are going on because we're crafting a holistic, complex, changing organism, right? So yeah. you've broken everything in its parts. You can't see the whole anymore. And I don't mean the whole. I mean, you can't see... The yeah, the whole piece, right. all the pieces together. Yep. Right. I'm yep. not using this, right? And, right. and all those things go on. So so those tech spec, you know, and by the way, when you look at these documents, we list them out. We say, um, is this a critical piece? Is this nice to have? Is this optional? Yeah. Okay. Now here's here's what I know. If we only gave you the that you need to have, that wouldn't be sufficient. So which of the ones that would be nice to have do you need versus do you not need? And oh, by the way, at what level do you need them? Right. Right. Um, you know, I'll give you a great example: permissioning and 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 backend configuration. Yep. You know, the ability to do individual permissioning on any you know at a field level, user level. Um, team level, et cetera, et cetera. Take HubSpot, the answer is yes. Take Salesforce, the answer is yes. Yep. The two of them are not equivalent there. No. Right? So what do you need the permissioning for? What is that supporting? What, okay. From an implementation standpoint, like I love it because we're like, here's the requirements document. Can you put a scope together? Well, I don't know. Am I scoping for the minimum here? Am I scoping for? Yeah. Right? You can't like, well, we've run into this before where, where, you know, we talk about all the functionality and capabilities and it's like, okay, well, we got to meet the team where they're at though. And they're not quite ready to use some of these more power user features. Like, and that's, that's not accounted for in the RFP. Cause yeah, you need that maybe down the line, but you don't need that today. You know, you know, that's a, that's a psychological concession that we make. What do you mean? The, 
there's a fear factor. Mm -hmm. If you build like, so I kind of get lost in the advanced functionality debate because if you build it right, Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily know that they're using advanced functionality. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Right now there are times where maybe the business process isn't defined enough for you to build it right. 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 Certainly that, right. And again, all of those things come about and, and the problem again is, and I want to be really clear, if you've started off and you've defined this and and you've defined it, if the first thing that you put again on paper, really on paper is these requirements, or you have a document with 273 technical requirements and you have five bullets for business process or outcomes, you, you are defined technically, right? Then, then you are viewing everything through a, through that technical lens and you are reducing the likelihood of making the right choice of the tool and you are lengthening and complicating the path to utilization and value because again, even if the requirement ends up being right, the rationale for the requirement isn't there. There is, there is no plot. Yep. Right. Like, have, by the way, ever seen a movie that's just like filled with stars and everyone goes, this movie is going to be a, this movie is going to be a blockbuster. Yeah. And you go see it. It's got all the right actors and actresses and it just blows. Yep. Oh my God, I'm going blank. What was the, uh, what was the Warren Beatty, Dustin Hoffman, um, Ishtar? Oh my Ishtar. God. Oh yeah. Ishtar. Ishtar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. You there you have, go. You have all the pieces again. there. You got the, the, the screenwriter, the director. Yep. It's got George Clooney. It's got Bob, you know, it's like, Hey, and you're like, what in the world? That yep. that's what we're talking about. Right. Yep. So, so here's the better approach. Okay. And by the way, you can't do this alone. You can't do this alone. Um, you can't do this alone because you can't do it with only the insider's view. You can't do this alone because you don't have enough. You can't do this alone because you can't do it from within your own system. Yeah. And, and and there are too many, there's too much politics. There's there's too much legacy perspective. There's too much, you, you I'm, I, I'm not saying you don't have the capability to do this. I'm saying it just doesn't work when you do it on your own. You need an outsider with expertise because by the way, the first thing you got to do is you got to break shit apart. Yep. Right. We talked about this on, on data architecture and structure, right? You gotta, you gotta break apart what's going on, right? You really have to go, what is the business motion? What's happening? Where's this? And, and the way that you go through that, the first deliverable you have should be, what are the critical user stories? What are the critical business stories? Mm -hmm. Probably you want to have five to seven, probably somewhere around there. Um, Yep. It, you know what? Maybe you want to have 15. I don't know. That's like, I don't, I haven't thought about this, the standpoint of, can you get to the point? I mean, you probably can get to the point where it's too many business stories. What happens when I see that you get to, when you're at too many user stories on something like this, if you're doing u- user stories correctly, is you see like four user stories are 90% the same. Right. But, yep. it, but you know, if I'm working in an organization, if I'm an organization that has, you know, seven divisions, 832 sales reps, 475 service people, and 
I, I might want a different user story for each constituency. That's, you know, that's 90% the same, but by the way, to be able to respond to it and translate this to other things, if mm-hmm. you're, if you're dealing with somebody who knows what they're doing, that's not going to create a whole lot of problem. Right. But, but again, you should, like, if you only have two user stories, you probably haven't defined it enough. When you start getting to more than seven, you might, that's where you can definitely begin to think, Hey, are we overdoing this? Are we making this harder? Those user stories should put forth and, and, and they should be stories, stories, beginnings, middles, ends. Yep. Um, a journey. There's a hero. There's, there's a barrier. There's an action. There's an outcome. Cause because that's what you want. You're you're not looking at buying more technology because you want. I mean, may, maybe you're looking at at Vision Pro. Maybe you're buying Vision Pro because no one else has it, and so you want it because hey, it's a new piece of technology, and and look at what it says. I I don't think that CRM has quite that cachet. What are those motions? Be clear on those motions. Debate those motions. Make sure either either those stories define outcomes, not necessarily results. Results are fine. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to get to where we're $650 million in revenue. We need to get to a billion dollars in revenue within the next three years. Okay. That's the result. What are the stories? Right. What are the outcomes that need to happen so that you can get those results? Mm-hmm. Right. That's what you're defining. So you're like, what are the outcomes from there? Then from there, what are the tech specs? That's when your tech requirements come in. Right now, I start looking at the tech. What do we need to be able to do to achieve this? Un- unless you're the CRM expert of CRM experts, right? You can't do it from you know I'm the CRM expert in my company. Again, you don't have enough right. experience. You can't you can't get things to the place where we're now looking at. at I'm sorry, you can't go from tech spec to outside that. And, and so what you're looking at here. I think what I just said made absolutely no sense, Jess, and I'm not exactly sure what I was trying to say, but that's why people love me. Yep. There was, there was a nugget in there somewhere. Um, what you're doing with your tech specs here is you're you're looking at what what do we need to be able to do this? Okay. Yep. It. What what do we need to ensure that this doesn't blow up? So, so like security elements, those are legitimate requirements. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They, by the way, they're legitimate requirements that don't necessarily have, have, um, a direct relationship to the business motion or outcome. As a matter of fact, one of the things to be careful about when you're looking at things like that, not, not only do, do security requirements not typically contribute to the business motion you're trying to support. The thing you've got to be careful about is that they actually interfere with what you're trying. Yeah. To do. Like there's an application that we use that from time to time seems to get all screwy with its um, two-factor authentication. And suddenly you go through a pattern where four times in one day, it's acting like you haven't been there in seven weeks, logs you out of everything. And you have to log back in going through that whole process. And I got to tell you when that happened, if that happened any more regularly, it might negatively impact adoption. Yeah. It might negatively impact utilization. Um, so one thing to do when you're looking at those requirements that are more operational, purely operational, institutional, is be sure to focus on what, what's the intent. Why is this important? 
why yep. do we need this? Because one one of the other problems when you look at tech requirements and you look at things through the lens of tech requirements is you're looking for, you end up looking for something that matches the way the requirement is written, not what the intent of the requirement is. And so you remember everything you're doing has a trade-off. So you might be making a trade-off that's unnecessary, or there might be other ways that, that, that things are managed or approached. So, and, you know, and, and as an example, you know, we, we do, um, you know, everyone who listens to this knows we do a lot of work with hit with uh, HubSpot mm -hmm. and, and there was a tech requirement that we got that was um, HIPAA compliant. Yeah. We were able to ask them, well, what, what needs to be HIPAA compliant and what needed to be HIPAA compliant, 95% of it had nothing to do with HubSpot. Right. And, and the only thing that HubSpot had to do with it was that the perception of the people who put it together was information was going to be coming in through HubSpot to go into whatever system that that HIPAA related information needed to go into. Yeah. Well, well, we were able to solve that by using a form structure. We used a third party company, Formstack in this case, give them credit, where, where we were able to combine a form into a single form experience that had a HIPAA component to it and a non-HIPAA component to it. Right. The HIPAA stuff went right into HubSpot. The non-HIPAA stuff went right into their EMR. You mean you mean that reverse, by the way? I mean that reverse. The HIPAA stuff, <laughs> uh, EMR, and the non-HIPAA stuff. I am dyslexic. Right. <laughs> but again, on the surface of that, yeah, we didn't we didn't know. In in another case, there was a situation where people did need to access that. They would be using the CRM. Yep. But it was only for specific use case and it was mainly for accessing it. So in that case, we built an application that enabled someone to, in essence, pull in a view of that into HubSpot, even though the data was never in HubSpot and that application only worked with people who had the authorization because they were looking at it in HubSpot, but right. nothing actually existed in HubSpot. So again, right, that, that's the right intent. You can't get any more complicated than that you're HIPAA compliant or you're not HIPAA compliant. Right. So you start with your business motions, understand that deliverable is user stories, defining your outcomes, your tech specs. And here's where your tech specs play. Mm -hmm. Yes or no meets or doesn't meet. So you're looking at all the options. Yeah. And from a tech requirement perspective, the only time tech requirements should be held against a CRM mm -hmm. is the CRM fails because of this requirement. Okay. This project will fail because of this requirement. And this is where it's important to be able to talk through the, the why of the tech specs in case, in the cases that you. Well, here's the good to. news. Mm -hmm. If you've done the user stories and I like, if you've, if you've gone through your motions, done your user stories to find your outcomes, the why is there. Right. Okay. That is what is determining your text, your tech spec. So by the way, you no longer have nice to haves. Right. So, so like I see something like there's a tech requirement must have ability to send blast emails to a large quantity of users segmented by filterable criteria. Right. And I say it's 2023. Yes. Now, like that's not a tech requirement. That's not a tech requirement, except um, 
there's some CRM system out there that calls itself something that really is just an overlay on Outlook. Right. It doesn't enable you to do that. So that is, so I, someone could legitimately say that's a tech requirement. I'm like, no, it's not a tech requirement. It's actually a business use requirement that sounds like a tech requirement because how are you going to use that? What is it going to be used for? Because there's a hundred other things that come into who's going to be using it. Um, what yep. level of, of expertise do they have? Do they have design expertise in-house? Are they using an agency for this? Is this something that they need to be able to do? Um, you know, the person who's responsible for this is responsible for 17 other things. And so they can't spend time and it needs, right? There's all these business elements that come into it that would get articulated in a user story that, and remember, you're letting your, anyone who you're going to look at, you're doing a, a, a discovery and an alignment process to ensure we all understand each other. You're looking to them. How are they helping you define your business stories better, your user stories better, right? So those things get defined in the user story. Now I don't need to have the tech spec because what, what I'm going to ask you to do from a demo standpoint is show me how you deliver on these user stories, right? And now the people that are watching it, now the people who are using it, I don't want my marketing manager to, de to, de to determine what CRM we're going to get. They don't know tech, right? They don't need to know tech. The whole reason that you're buying a CRM or marketing automation platform is so that people who don't know tech can use tech. Your IT team needs to make sure that it meets your IT requirements. Yep. Right. And, and so now you go from 317 requirements to probably 17, I don't know, maybe 50 outside case, a hundred. But, but nothing, um, ability to integrate with X. Okay, here's a simple question. What level of API access? That's the question, right? I mean, I, I've, I've literally seen 76 lines about integrating with different applications. And it's like, well, the question there is not about the CRM. It could be a question about that application, right? If that application doesn't have access, doesn't matter what, like I can't answer for them. And again, it becomes just this whole waste. It's the wrong direction. And, um, and, and shit, how many times do we get into an implementation where, where we have an integration that's scoped in and we get to the roadmap and they realize, oh, you know, we don't need that. Right. So that's, you know, that's what happens. So, so you, you, so you have your tech spec and that is a qualifier disqualifier. It's either meet or don't meet pass fail. Right. There's no, it's better. Yep. Tech requirement is better. Because if it's better at that tech requirement that doesn't relate to business requirement, then who cares? Why are you paying for it? Then from there, you create a scoring rubric based on those business outcomes, based on those stories. You now say, what are the things that would enable us to make a better decision? What are the things that would put us in the better position. So we're looking at the minimum requirements that reduce failure, right? Which is why we're doing an RP in the first place. Why we're doing tech requirements in the first place is make sure we don't screw this thing up. And now we're scoring on the things that actually matter. So the tech requirement score is pass fail. And by the way, if you do this right, you can save a whole lot of time in your upfront because there would be no problem. It would be totally reasonable. We've defined our user stories, our business outcomes, our business processes. These are our tech requirements. These are all must-haves. Yep. Right? Here's our user stories. 
here's the tech requirement document. You're providing your answers to us. And again, in the nice to haves, those nice to haves should be nice to have business motion. Like if you want to have, these are the must have stories and these are the nice to have stories, go for that. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Weight your must have stories with higher scores, right? You can, or, or add a, add a multiple to your must haves. But again, the must haves are the motions, not the tech requirements, right? So we're now preventing failure, finding what success is. We're actually modeling the implementation in advance of the implementation, which is going to greatly shorten your time to value. Yep. What's the frustrating part that everybody has in the, in, in CRM world, you sign the license, you start paying for the system and then it builds out. Well, you know what, if you would just do some work ahead of time, you could shorten that period. By the way, I didn't, um, what was I saying? Oh, to, to finish the thought that I said earlier. So if you were to send me, here's our user stories, here's our tech requirements, answer these. We are, we are gonna, you know, once we pass, it's like we're sending this to nine companies, the ones that pass, we're going to have discoveries with, we're going to, we're, we're going to dig deep into that. Yep. And, and it is again, literally pass fail. And, yeah. and you don't do the, you don't do the user stories after that. The user stories have to be what drive your tech requirements. Yep. Do your scoring rubric, then review on the rubric. So you're essentially flipping the process and then you're still also canceling, you're doing the same thing you were doing with the RFP before. You're still canceling out the, um, the ones that would have potential to fail. So you're accomplishing the same thing with the RFP that you were really accomplishing before, but you're, you, that now you're adding on the ability to have those heuristics and, and, and accomplish it the right way, really. So, oh, you know what? I just realized talking about this and you saying that I'd add, I'd add one more area. Okay. What are the contributors to failure? Oh yeah. What are the business, but like, so again, so like, you know, adoption, utilization, uh, sophistication of team could be like, like those are things that, and again, they need to be like, that's part of, now I'll tell you a really good user story would actually incorporate that. Our, our, widget parts distribution team, you know, made up of people who have been in old industries that still carry order pads around with them for 27 years need to transform to X, Y, or Z. So, so you kind of built in that failure element into your user story, right? Invest in the user story. By the way, you're this buy-in idea. It's the users that have to give you the information for your user stories. Yep. But yep. What, what has agile software development taught, taught us? Don't let tech people define the product. Get out and talk to the users. Yeah. Tell the stories. By the way, don't ask them what they want. Ask them to tell their story. Now the stories, now go to the tech people. When the tech people know the story, they, that's where they, now they can be creative tech people. So the, the only thing that I would say where I disagree is you said I'm basically flipping the process. And, and I don't think that that's actually a fair characterization. And the reason is, they don't do the second process. Okay, well. Right. Yeah. It's not that they're doing the tech requirements and then they're going through some element of business process, et cetera. It's, right. that they, it's that they do the tech requirements and then they go into everything and they keep, I mean, you've seen it, Jess. We go into a conversation with somebody. It's like, you know, what, what we want to understand is what's a day in life, week in life feel. We want most, so like, I want you to forget yeah. all about the technology. 
right? I want you to tell me if yeah. it just worked the way you wanted it to work, what would it look like? Well, you know, in my previous system, I had a lead status field and, and I think it's really important, yeah, to lead, right? And, and, and yep. I, can't, I don't blame them. Everything, by the way, they, I used to say to them, okay, thanks. I appreciate that. Remember, we want to talk about the business process. Yeah. And I stopped doing that because I realized they got mad and, and I didn't yeah. just do it because they got mad. They got, they got mad for the wrong reason, me, meaning they thought they were talking about the business process. They've been so focused on the tech specs that they thought they were talking about the business process. And that's where, yep. like, that's where it's become really clear to me. You can't, like the moment you start with the tech specs, yeah. you're always going to work suboptimally. So by the way, what do you do if you started your tech spec? Those people that are listening that have started their tech specs or those people that are listening that have their RFP out and they're going, well, what do I do? What do, I do? <laughs> start with your business motions, create your user stories. <laughs> start they start have identifying those items. Okay. They're, they already have their tech specs. I don't know. What do they do? They throw, throw, them, away. throw them away. <laughs> throw them away. I'm serious. <laughs> throw them away. Yeah. Well, we don't have time. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you yeah. do. Because, because A, what I'm talking about doesn't have to take a lot of time. Right. B, the, the place where time might be uh, a real issue is, well, the license for our existing system is expiring. And so we lose that on this day. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's part of your user story. What you're going to find though is, so, so like we need to be able to meet that. And, and oh, if that's the case... And remember this, the reason that time is crucial is because we lose access to this product in 97 days. Mm -hmm. If you didn't lose access to that system in 97 days, the time period that you would, that you should be caring about is the time it takes to it actually being used correctly, to being on the right path. Yep. So if the 97th day matters because you have a cliff, then what matters on the 97th day is that there is no cliff. Yeah. Which means what you're looking to do is to meet the critical functionality of whatever the existing tool is. You don't need to do anything more than that. On the, and I'm not saying you shouldn't try to do anything more than that on the 97th day, but when you're, because if you stick on the path, because well, we're, it's too late now, what I promise you is it will take far, far longer to get to, I mean, it will end up taking longer, I'm certain, to get to the point of, of implementation where you're actually launching, yeah. let alone launching it right, than if you were to throw right. it out, step back, and, and take that approach. So again, start with your motions, create your user stories, define the outcomes, then establish your tech specs. That tech spec document is meets or doesn't meet. It is not used to determine the winner. It is only used to determine those that are not worth moving forward with because they won't work. Create a scoring rubric based on those user stories and use cases. Review and decide based on the rubric. Yep. Do that. You get everything that you're doing the RFP for or the tech requirements for, and you're aligning yourself to move in the right direction. Yep. Cool. I don't know about um, you guys. I think I solved the RFP problem. I think you did too. Throw, throw it out is what I heard. <laughs> but you know why people don't throw it out? Because it's, the, it's the, what they're used to. It's their comfort no. zone. It, no. it, 
makes nope. me feel why? Nope. Because we're humans and, and avoiding failure is far, far more important yeah. than getting success. Yeah. And, 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 and the key is about, and by the way, you know what we have, we have a client who occasionally drives us crazy, who every time, if he even thinks we're talking about an improvement, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm all for improvements. I'm all for better, but, but you know, we need to make sure this thing works first. And it's like, yeah, no, that's what we're doing. Right. But, but he's not wrong. Right. Right. It, and, and by the way, in the buying journey, first half of the buying journey, the motivation is about improvement and succeeding. Second half of the buying journey is all about avoiding failure. And, yep. and lastly, are you going to be successful because of your CRM? No. Right? Technology yeah. will never be the reason you succeed. Yep. It's It'll often a reason, reason that you fail. fail. Yeah. So, so why do they not throw out the RFP? Because the RFP is a failure prevention device. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we keep, we keep trying to throw out the RFP with, with conviction and, and narrative, but we never address that underlying piece. I, I was kidding when I said I saw, saw the RFP process, but I do really think, I mean, if you look at the companies that buy tech the best, this is how they do it, right? This brings you both. Yep. Yep. I have a couple of uh, takeaways. So that that process that you outlined, um, you know, by focusing on business motions, um, laying out the outcomes and user stories first, um, that's going to shorten your time to utilization and, and adoption. You know, reiterating, focusing on the outcomes, not the results. We've talked about that in so many episodes. And then um, remembering that what you're looking for when you're buying tech, most of the things are um either intangible or invisible that's so true <laughs> and so putting an rfp to it doesn't make a whole lot of sense <laughs> i can't hear you i missed what you said it's because i was muted there you go got was barking. yeah <clears throat> it's a lot easier to measure the what than the why but the why yep. is the difference between success and yep actually that reminds me with this will be my final statement my final statement the tech requirements are are there to prevent failure. But just because you've met the tech requirements doesn't mean that you've bypassed the primary cause of failure. Yep. And and it's the why elements, it's the motion elements that are ultimately going to determine success or failure. The tech requirements put you in a fail mode before you have a chance to be successful. Yep. I agree. And on that note. I bid you adieu. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. And that's a wrap on this episode of The RevOp Show. Doug's final statement deserves a recall. The why is going to determine your success. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Leave us a review and share the episode. If you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about RFPs, email me at hannah at liftenablement.com or hit us up on Twitter at Demand Creator. Until next time, remember, you can't solve your upstream problems downstream.